Sherlyn, Michael, Randy, I count it a joy to be able to stand before you, the family, and these are church members and family and friends to be able to talk of not only Charlie, but also, and more importantly, the God which Charlie entrusted himself to and the God that will comfort us in this day and in the days to follow. My name is Stephen Martin, and I have the joy of serving as one of the pastors here at UBC, and I have and have the joy of being one of Charlie and Sherlin's pastors for a number of years. You know, growing up, uh, I respected, much like John, the wisdom of those that were older than me, those that had lived more life than me, those that had seen and experienced more than I had experienced. And in particular, it was my grandfather as well that would regularly give me wise counsel. And I wanted to heed his counsel because he had my best interest at mind. He loved me. He knew me. He knew what was often best for me. And so when he spoke, I leaned in and I listened. But most importantly, I did that because he was a godly man. And his words regularly reminded me that wisdom is found in prayer and in dependence on the Lord. So his advice then could be trusted because he was pointing me to the one who is trustworthy. And I believe it is our aim today to look to God's word for comfort, for direction, for hope. So this afternoon, what we're going to do is we're going to turn to God's word. We're going to turn to the words of King Solomon, a man said to be the wisest man that ever lived in the book of Ecclesiastes. And under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 1 to 4, we have these words recorded. A good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of death than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Let me pray for us. Oh, Father, we pray that over these next moments we would be encouraged, that we would find our hope in you. Father, that our grief would be rightly positioned in the hope that is ours in Christ. And Father, the joy that we get to think and celebrate about together is that joy that now is Charlie's. So Father, we give you praise and we ask for your guidance in these next moments. In Christ's name, amen. Well, my hope for us this afternoon is for us to reflect on our life now as we look to the one who gives life everlasting. And this life everlasting is the life that Charlie now knows more fully than we can even imagine. And in that, we pray and we find great comfort and strength. This book, Ecclesiastes as a whole, is part of the wisdom literature of God's word. 
And part of what the author is seeking to remind the reader of is the reality that in a fallen world, we can chase after many meaningless things. Or as the author refers to it throughout the book, life under the sun. But true life and purpose is found in knowing and following and trusting the God who gives wisdom to his people, the God who keeps all of his promises, the God who keeps us to the end. So first I want us to look at this text and see how it calls for us to reflect on life itself. Verse 1 and 2 tells us a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death is better than the day of birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. You know, the times that we're most aware of our need for God are times when we are helpless, times much like today. Grief, stress, trial, tribulation, difficult circumstances all have a way of reorienting us that we are not able to fix or remedy what's broken in us or what's broken in the world about us. So when we are here at the end of ourselves and overwhelmed by life circumstances in any given moment, we often find ourselves aware of our need for God because God has placed in us a longing that can only be satisfied by himself. But that hope, that longing of being satisfied will only be found by those who have placed their hope and faith in Christ. So when things are going well and life is good, we tend to unfairly place God on the shelf behind the glass marked break for emergency use only. And yet we know from God's word that he desires to walk intimately through this life with us every step of the way in good times and in difficulty. A good name is better than precious ointment in the day of death than the day of birth because it's times like these where we're called to pause and reflect and consider our own life and where our hope lies. You see, in the ancient Near East, a good name was highly esteemed. Yet, if we think about it, babies aren't born with a good reputation. They're just born. And then over time, they develop a reputation, a reputation much like the one John spoke of, reflecting on his own grandfather's life. So reputations are built over time, and sometimes they're most clearly seen after death. And I believe just from uh, my knowing Charlie, from our scripture reading today and from God's word, much like the Apostle Paul, the good name that Charlie was seeking was well done, good and faithful servant. You see, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, being well versed in all of the Old Testament, understood that the day of death is indeed better than the day of birth. And even as he faced his own impending death, he writes in Philippians chapter 1, verses 21 and 20 through 23, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two, 
my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. So the day of death for the Christian, for Charlie, is indeed far better than the day of birth because the day of earthly death, when we go to be with our God forever, is what we're toiling and laboring and striving and hoping for day in and day out as we look to this God for comfort and hope. This promise of eternity is in part how we too are comforted in loss. Knowing that Charlie's hope was in Christ and we have that confidence that even now as we gather here to remember and to celebrate Charlie's life, to look to Christ for hope and help, Charlie sees face to face what we only hope for right now. And yet that hope for us too is the longing that it one day will be fulfilled. It one day will come to pass, just like all of God's promises. So there in the presence of the Father, free from sin and pain, declining health, Charlie, an accomplished physician, now in the eternal presence of the great physician. And the Apostle Paul wanted to depart this life to be with Christ. But he also understood that God determined our days and that until the Lord calls us heavenward, our desire to be with him is what ought to motivate us in our obedience to him today. So Paul declares he will gladly serve God until the day the Lord calls him home, saying, if I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Charlie understood this as he spent his days seeking to be obedient and to serve God. He did this through testimony that we've already heard through family and friends and patients and co-workers. So part of our own reflection is for us to stop and ask ourselves, will you seek to be faithful to live a life before men that points them to the hope that you have in Christ if you are in Christ? Will you use those gifts God has given you to point others to true hope, not just to look at you and your accolades and your resume? It's better to go to the house of mourning because it's in these times that we examine our lives. We stop and we give thought to what our lives are producing. It's these times in the house of mourning, even today, they must cause us to examine our own relationship with God or the lack thereof. You see, today's an opportunity for us to find life with Christ, to know what Charlie knew, to reorient ourselves off of the meaninglessness and fix our eyes on the certainty of life with Christ. Verse 3 says, Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. This sorrow we feel for our loss is an opportunity to examine the condition of our own soul. And the reason that sadness of face makes the heart glad is we can stand confident in our own salvation as the scriptures tell us that death is the end of all men. It's a sure thing, save the Lord's return. We never know from one day to the next which will be our last, but we must not concern ourselves with that which we cannot change. 
the rising and the setting of the sun. Rather, we ought to concern ourselves with our standing before the one who holds the sun in its place. And services like this cause us to reflect on our lives in new and fresh ways. So again, I would ask you, who are you living your life for today? Where is your confidence as you reflect on your own mortality? We've read that the text tells us that death is the end of all mankind and that the living do well to lay these truths to heart. So then secondly, I want us to see by way of implication that considering this life ought to point us to the one who gives life everlasting. Ecclesiastes 7.4 leaves us with a challenge saying, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. You know, mirth is one of those words we don't use in the English language much, but it just means amusement or pleasure. So the question for us today is, are we going to have the heart of the wise in the house of mourning here? Or another way to say it, are you going to stop living life your way and place your hope and faith and trust in the God who loves you, who gave his son for you, who has a plan for you? Because the only other choice that the scriptures afford us is to pursue a life fixed on amusement and foolishness that in the end has no purpose and leads only to death without hope. Separation from God forever in hell under the wrath of God. But as we've already heard multiple times, praise be to God that there is one who bore the full wrath of God on a cross and he did so in full obedience to his heavenly father not for his own sins, but for the sin of others. And praise God that our God is a God of comfort and hope, and that we can rest in these truths today and forever. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, we understand the gospel of the Lord Jesus to be good news. And that that good news is that God is holy, and in him there is no imperfection. There is no sin that God created all that has been created and he did so and he declared it good and he created man and woman in his own image. But we know that the story of the Bible doesn't stop there, that man rebelled against God and sinned, choosing to desire to be like God rather than to be created in God's image. And because the first man sinned, so too do we share in that sin and we're born into sin. But because God is holy and without sin, our relationship with him is broken and we are unable to fix it on our own. But God wasn't done with man. And in his grace, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to be born a baby, to be raised up a man, to be tempted in every way that we're tempted and yet he without sin. As we heard earlier in full obedience to God the Father, this Jesus willingly laid down his life, was crucified, died and was buried, and three days later rose from the dead, just as God had promised. And in so doing, he broke that bond of sin and death forever for all those who confess their sins and believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross and place their hope and faith in him. Then they have eternal life. They are the sons and daughters of God 
co-heirs with Christ. You know, we just call that repentance and faith. When we turn from doing life our own way and we surrender to doing life God's way for God's glory, and in that we have hope. Hope for today and hope upon our own death that those who know God through Jesus Christ will be united with him forever and eternity. In the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, Paul records, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Promise. So that's our hope. That God is who he says he is. That he did what he said he would do. And that one day we will be with him forever in a very real place called heaven. If he alone is your hope, as he was Charlie's. And our desire for Christ should not be for fear of what will happen to us when we die. Rather, for what you can have every day that God gives you life and breath on this earth and for the promise of life eternal with him that can be yours today. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So as you reflect on these truths, my prayer is that you will find hope, as Charlie did, that you will find comfort, as Charlie did, in a God who invites us to respond in faith to him. For those who do, for those who do hope in him, there is no need to fear even death. For death is only the beginning of life eternal with God in heaven. Would you pray with me? Well, Father, what a joy what a joy to have the opportunity to reflect on your faithfulness. What a joy to have known Charlie. Father, for us to be able to not stand up here and wonder about the certainty of his hope. And by extension through your word, not have to wonder about the certainty of our hope. So God, we pray that you would comfort us. We pray that you would give us strength. We pray that you will continue to sustain us. Although we pray that we would, in the days ahead, Father, that we would look to the family and uphold their weary arms. Father, that we would come around them with reminders of your faithfulness. That we would recall stories of, of Charlie and his life. That we would love one another well. Father, that we would enter into grief knowing that you are with us.
And Father, that our grief would continually give way to hope. It's in the name of Christ Jesus we pray these things for your glory. Amen.